Hello, and welcome to the 163rd episode of the Cue It Up podcast, the only podcast that comes with a money-back guarantee. I am your host, Jared, and to my left is... Mikey. Nick. Eric. And we are the Cue It Up podcast. Guys, today on the show, we're going to be giving a brief rundown of what we've been watching. After that, we are going to get into a spoiler-filled review of the movie Inglorious uh, Beep, uh, which, by the way, uh, the guys can say the title of the yeah. new movie if they want which to. Which I'll say right now no, because... I have the, a spoil, I have a no-cussing policy. It would be almost myself. unprofessional to do the episode and not say it. Go there. ahead. It's true. Maybe it, should I do the intro? No. Are you sure? Why? You're not a Tarantino fan. Nick picked it. I'm kind of curious to see what that would be like. After 163 yeah, episodes, let, does Mikey know how to do yeah, it? Yeah, let's burn it down. We tried that it. before. But I'll try. No, All right, Mikey. We literally let's tried destroy that everything we've worked for that? and built. <laughs> let's go. Go for oh, it. Oh, am I going? All right, oh, go. Oh, oh, okay. All right, here we go, guys. <clears throat> we ready, Nick? Yeah. We've been ready. Hello, and welcome to the Cue It Up podcast, the only podcast with a Money back guarantee. What episode title is this? I'm your host, Mikey. What episode is this? What? Yeah, you forgot episode? to say the episode I just, number. Oh, hey. well, it's it's one. I was getting to that. I'm, I'm going to give a behind uh, okay. the scenes, I, I, you know, for our listeners. Okay, uh-huh. Mikey, while he said every word, the only thing he could do to do like to be able to do it was he had to stare straight up with his eyeballs at the <laughs> ceiling and look it. left and right. If it everybody would have saw the faces that were getting made at me, they would have done the same thing. All right, listen. What? Here. Listen up. Okay. Brief rundown of what we've been watching. Spoiler filled review. If you don't uh, haven't seen the movie, tune back. Come back after you're done. All mm-hmm. right, the movie is Inglorious Bastards. That's right. It All is. right, so guys, what have you been watching, Mikey? Well, obviously, I've been watching a little bit of Trailer Park Boys and Curb. Um, I took a little jaunt down memory memory lane. Yeah. Watched a you know film from back in the day, classic. One of my favorites, classic, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't normally describe it as that, but since you did, I'll I'll go with it. <laughs> Three ninjas? Um, oh, no, that would have been good oh, though. No, like the four Rocky, the far superior yeah. surf Rocky ninjas, loves. the faculty. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's a weird movie. It is. It um, is. Which, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but that is one of the original. I think that might have been the movie after Desperado. That's a Robert Rodriguez film. Is it really? Did you know that? I didn't. I yeah. didn't see that. Um, it was an early one from him. I oh, think yeah. Desperado was the first one. I think that was his first studio film, if I remember mm. right. Uh, wasn't Elijah Wood like real strange in that movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was the he was the nerd. <laughs> so you mean wasn't Elijah Wood in that movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think that movie still holds up a little bit. It, it was made in the time uh, after Scream, right. when the teenage slasher film was starting to make a comeback. Yet the faculty really stands apart is that how did this get past the studio this is a really weird film yes. hmm. but good it. and i think it was it was written by kevin williamson which is yes, the it was. guy from scream yep which so. is probably why it got allowed to be made yeah because since he had all the uh the, the cheese yeah. after scream he was allowed to do whatever cheese. he wanted to yep. which by the way he was a great writer whatever happened to him uh, He's probably still working I, in the industry, and, yeah, and who are you? I, well, I think he ended up in TV at some point. Well, Obviously, he did Dawson's with uh, Dawson's Creek, but I thought he did something after that. But he had a slew of like really good films. Like I remember uh, uh, Killing Mrs. Tingle or something like that. Oh, Teaching Mrs. Mrs. Tingle. Teach, yeah, 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 that was a good one too. Mm-hmm. Good book too. Read that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else did you watch? Uh, let's see. I watched. Uh, I finished up Flint Town. Very mm-hmm. good. I want. I want to say this. Watch that documentary for one reason. Mm. That is, and I already told you this, but that is the 
most interesting looking documentary I've ever seen as far as the way they filmed it. Like, I don't understand how they did it. It looks, it's not like a documentary. It looks like it's filmed like a movie. Did you ever end up and watching it, that one documentary I've mentioned many times on this podcast, but uh, the John Bonet Ramsey one that's on that casting John Bonet. Yeah. Nope. I don't know if I ever did or not. I would like for one of I you forgot guys all to about watch it. it. That yeah, movie is one of the strangest hybrid of documentaries I've ever seen. It, it It is a truly original take on what a documentary is. Uh, well, so is this one, because like I said, it. I've never seen a documentary. Like, the shots that they get, the interviews with people, it's like, it looks like film. Like, it, like they get these, like, on, you know, multiple angles and all this stuff, and they do it live somehow. I don't know. They I've do never, it live? Like, it, they did it live. Nice. Or, yeah, but, yeah, so, I don't know. It's it's not staged or anything, but it, it the way How it looks. How would you know? Were you there? No, I looked it up. Because I Trust the internet didn't you? believe it. Because <laughs> it just didn't. Well, it, the it internet looked like it, it was it reenactments, but but real, you know. How I many know. parts is it? Is it four? Like five or six. What's this called again? Flint Town. Oh, yeah. If anything, like I said, just watch the first episode just to see the way they filmed it. Like It's cool. Um, and then I watched uh, 127 Hours. Oh, I, um, I remember liking that one. I yeah, don't I remember believe we talked about, about that movie last we week, did. if I'm not mistaken. That's yeah. the... The one where he cuts his arm off. James or Franco? James yeah. Franco, yeah. yeah. What's the... Who's spoilers? the that directed that? <laughs> don't know. Can't spoil um, real life stories. Yeah. That's the guy that directed... Um, 28 Days Later. Dan- Danny Boyle, that's who it is. Oh, oh yeah, okay. that was a Danny Boyle movie. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Mm. I like yeah, 28 I Days Later. Hey. don't like survival movies. That, it, it was a good... It's, I, it was tough to watch. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like it watching a, a weird version of Castaway, like where you know, someone's stuck, though, in one spot. Like it, I don't know. There's something about that movie. I don't really have any plans or feel a need to rewatch it, Right. but I enjoyed it when I... And it's in it. It's a... a it's one of those stories where you go, if I was in that position, would I have made it? And I, oh, I don't think I would. I don't think I would have either. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, think I, I could have done what that guy did. But, uh, and, um, by the way, if you're not familiar, casino. it's uh, a guy who was out, um, like basically like uh, rock climbing out, uh, in, was it Arizona or something? It was so, somewhere I, like or that. Utah. It was Utah, Utah, maybe. Um, and gets, he has a camera with him, but he gets stuck. Uh, he falls down like a little hole or something and a rock pins his arm against the wall. So he's like basically standing there in this little crevice with a rock pinning one of his arms together. And Sounds he like can't a good idea out. for a book. So. I think it was a book, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, that was a that was Jared's attempt <laughs> at humor. Doesn't really sound... Never mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what I thought. Anyway, it was a good movie. Uh, you want to see a good survival movie? Watch okay. the Gus Van Sant film, Jerry, from 2012, uh, 2002. No, I'm not watching Gus Van Sant. <laughs> Didn't he do my favorite? Last uh, Days. Last Days, the Last man. Days. Dude, yeah. What film. a crock that was. <laughs> that movie was awful. By the way, there's a documentary. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but about uh, Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. I think and it's... how Courtney Love had him killed. Right. Um, Is that Kurt and Courtney? Uh, no. Oh. And all joking aside, mm-hmm. when you watch it, it's pretty convincing. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's done by the private investigator I've that seen Courtney that Love yeah, hired. No, really. To that's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of that one? Look, at I that think up. it's Bleach. Bleached? Isn't it Bleach? Could be. Could I think be. it is. Well, uh, you should still watch Jerry and Last Days because both are great films. I am not watching Last. Not boring Days. at all. And isn't Jerry like the? Worst movie ever. Yeah, I, I, hated I was it. gonna say. I thought that was like the worst. Didn't you I, own it because you no, had? No, no, I rented it from oh. good old Family Video back in the day, guys. Oh, oh. they're still around. Yeah, yes, they, they actually survived. I would not have picked 
family video to be the company that survived yeah. all this, yeah, I would have yeah. said Blockbuster it wasn't going anywhere, yeah. but I would have been wrong. But then I worked at Blockbuster, and then I saw it's pretty terrible, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jared tanked too. the ship there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I was there towards the end. Yeah. I remember seeing you work there a couple times. <laughs> Every time I saw you, I was just like, yeah, Jared, Jared's not looking so good. No. <laughs> he, he's not doing so well. I, I would no. go in and try and cheer him up, and all that would end up happening is like I would just start making fun of him the whole time. Mm. It, it always trying swayed. to buy movies that I it wanted. always swayed. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, we're just gonna lightly touch on what Jared just dropped there, as if I'm a jerk. I went in one time and mm-hmm. I knew that there was a special edition DVD. Leon the Professional, Le- man. Leon the Professional, yeah, and I'm like, Jared man. loves a su- movie so much. I'm going to buy this for him. It was for sale. But I'm doing him a nice thing. I'm going to have some fun with him. Mm. So I'm going to convince him that I'm going to buy it instead of him. So I go up and tell him that, you know, I'm going to buy it. And he gets all mad and was like, <laughs> Eric, I set that off. How'd you even find that? I set that off on the side because I was going to buy that I tonight. I hid it in the stacks. <laughs> and I was like, well, you can't have it. I'm a customer and I'm buying it. Jared threatened to end our friendship. (laughs) I got so mad. And I go, if I buy this, you're going to end our friendship. (laughs) I bought it. He's like, friendship's over. And I was like, yeah, this was for you, jerk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that story is exactly the way he said it. Since I don't remember, I'm not going to be able to rebut. I bet it was close. The anger that I felt as I knew you were going to end our friendship when I was trying to give you a gift. I had so gift. little good things going for my That's life at that funny. point that I was like, at least I can have Leon the professional. <laughs> at least I can have this semi-pedophilic right. <laughs> <laughs> professional assassin oh, movie to look forward to. Right. Dude, you, you, special edition. That's right. Yeah. yeah. i never seen the, the special edition. All right, Mikey, what else did you watch? Uh, and I watched Casino. Great film. So, oh, yes. Should pick it for the podcast. Oh, you're something. just riding out that Godfather train, huh? I, well, I've watched uh, Goodfellas. I'm trying to get a, There's a couple more I'm trying to watch. I want to. Uh, You've got all the, it, the good ones. I have yeah. to say, I had a thought this week on Netflix just looking at things. Goodfellas and Casino, if you look at Netflix at a little icon mm-hmm. that comes up, it looks like the same movie. It's <laughs> yeah. like the exact same picture. I'm sure of whoever Al, is Al in charge there just uh, like, hey, I already kind of did this movie. Just De Niro. Let me do that again. Well, it's no. literally. Um, De Niro, yeah, thank you. De Niro and um, what Pesci? Pesci, Joe Pesci, yeah, in both pictures, <laughs> it's the same people. Look at my eyes. Look at my the eyes. Pictures look almost identical. Yeah. It's weird. All right, Nick, what about for you, sir? Uh, yeah. Oh, um, sorry. I uh, watched a movie Eric's been trying to get me to watch mm-hmm. for quite some time. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay. How terrible is that? Yep, now, we watched it. Not a big fan of Blade Runner the original. Mm. Yep, me neither. It's okay. Uh, visually. Blade Runner, the original, is great. Yep. I'd agree with that. Groundbreaking. Yep. Everything else wise, yeah. Same here. About halfway through Blade Runner 2049, I just looked over at Eric and said, it is amazing how much better this movie is than the original. Yeah. It's it's good, man. It's yeah. really good. I, right. I liked it a lot. And as a fan of sci-fi, it's what I say a lot. You don't get to see quality sci-fi movies on that scale too often. It's rare that you get to see a movie with this much special effects where there's not a moment where you're like, well, that looks stupid. Yeah. There's not a moment like that in this So movie. as a person, because you seem to echo my feelings on the first one. Like, yeah. I can respect its visionary status. I can love how the movie is shot. It really falls apart in the end. It, Right. It, 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 to me, it's fallen apart way before that. That's but I agree true. with what you're saying. So this movie, this is a sequel, yet it your lo- liking of this film is not hampered for your not liking of the first one. Uh, absolutely not. And in fact, there are elements of this movie 
that actually made the first one better for me. Hmm. All right. Yeah, there were, there were that things that it followed up with from the first movie that mm-hmm. actually I thought, hey, now that's valuable information from the first movie. Did they at least make the part where he talks about tears and rain? No, I think his best of that sense? was not addressed at all. Okay, Thank good. goodness. Yeah. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, and then I watched another movie I've been wanting to watch for a long time since I... Well, not that long. It just came out. But mm-hmm. uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yes, mm-hmm. heck yeah. Have you seen it? No, I want to. I really want to. Yeah, that's how I felt. Oh, didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like I it. was really disappointed, man. Uh, really? Um, I like he said it. that he... What Did the he... heck's up with that? Well, I don't know. I can't help it that he's always wrong and hates mm. every good Did... movie. Um, I was ready to love this movie. What about going the performances, though? I mean, were the performances good? Yeah. Just you just didn't like the movie? Yeah, it wasn't a performance problem at all. It, it you know, shifts. Here, here's it's not really about what you think it now, is. Mikey did say problem. that he he liked it. One thing I heard earlier on when the movie first came out is that critically everyone was loving this movie, but it seemed like, you know, obviously it's about people in Missouri. People from Missouri were like, yeah, that's not what it's like in Missouri. Um, Was that like a problem or... I think I would say that's true. Being someone from Missouri, although I'm not from small town Missouri, yeah, and that's what yeah. this movie's about. And some, let's be honest, small town Missouri is very different from oh, where yeah. we're from. True, um, but but so we've all had experience with small town. We're not from small. town I think Missouri. they did kind of make a thing of like it's like when we watch a movie about New York or something. Backwards, we're just like oh, New York, people, like yeah. you know, it's just like that. It's sure, not that didn't bother movie. me that much. What really bothered me about the movie is there's a lot of. Pretty major plot points that really didn't make sense in this movie. Hmm. Um, it seemed for a realistic movie <clears throat> to just have things that are just like, why would you do that? Is that You're talking all, about character motivations? Um, yes. And what they end up doing and how things shifts in characters that are very abrupt and didn't really weren't really set up in any way feel earned a lot of this movie did not feel earned to me and obviously i'm i guess i'm in the minority because i heard nothing but good things about this movie it also is this the first francis mcdormand movie that you didn't like because i know you're like you're normally Uh, just like well it's got francis mcdormand in it it's gonna be i do love her and i will say she was great um and so was um Sam well, Rock. really, the, the rest well, of the just cast. everybody, yeah. But Woody Harrelson was great, too. Um, there's just... Hmm. It was disappointing. What it really the, was. Um, there were things about it, I would just say it was stupid. That makes me want to wait till it hits, like, uh, an HBO or something yeah, else. Rent it on I did rent it on Redbox. I was off work last week. And, gotcha. Um, what about that CGI deer? Yeah. That was one of the things I, mean, I really didn't like about it. Yeah. Um... Also, uh, sorry, kind of lost my train of thought there. I was, um, it felt like this movie was trying to make a point, what it was, and they never really got around to it. I guess mm-hmm. I don't really know. Actually, several times in the movie, I thought, oh, they're trying to make this different political point, and then or not political, even, but just like they're trying to make a point about whatever human nature. Yeah, but every time they kind of like edged up to a point and just backed away from it almost like they were afraid to mm. um interesting it's like you know they almost took on racism they almost took on police corruption they almost took on whatever uh mm. violent 
family situations. Are you picking up uh, Eric's stomach rumbling on the mic? Yeah, I can hear it. No, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 my, my body is trying to digest a combination yeah. of pizza. Nice. Pistachios oh, and no. Reese's dip pretzels. <laughs> just I like give two it, of those three. Just give it some time. Like and the, and my last criticism of it, and I don't know if this is fair. <laughs> I'm just going to blast past that. Right. Uh, that movie really ends at a point where I thought, wow, this is about to get good. <laughs> and mm. then it just ended. Uh, so I don't know. It wasn't for me, maybe. Will you watch four billboards when it comes out? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would pass it up. Dude, they should skip right past four and just go straight to five, man. Mm. Just sequelize that like it's gone. Yeah. Inside Ebbing, Missouri. Like, oh my gosh, man. man. What if it was three? That blew my mind right there. Inside Ebbing, Missouri as the sequel. Mm. Incredible. Nick? I don't even have to watch the first one. The first half of that movie was great. I'm ignoring you guys. (laughs) The first half of that movie actually is really great. About Mm. halfway through, they start doing things that I'm just like, huh? All right. Well, I'll watch it. I'm done done ranting now. You got anything else? No, that's it. That's it for me. Eric, what about for you, sir? Uh, The only thing that I watched was my second viewing of it. Um, I sat down and watched uh, Blade Runner 2049 with Nick. Okay. That's it? Yep. And it continued to... Blow me away. Like cool. I, I was, I was worried that I wasn't gonna like it as much on second viewing, yeah. but no, nah, it's it, it held up. I was hesitant going in. It was good. I didn't know how yeah. Nick was gonna like it. I, I wasn't sure because I know he, how much he disliked a lot of the first one, and I couldn't read him too well during like the first half of the movie. But then, like I said, at one point we had to stop for something, um, so we paused it, and he that's when he turned and was like, "This movie is." I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, he's liking it." Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, the only thing I've watched this week is something I've already watched, so I just kind of have a story for you. For a very long time, I've been real, real subtle in my introduction. It's never been subtle of about Star intro. Wars to my daughter, okay. Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. Little things like I wear shirts all the time. You know, <laughs> right? Uh, I play music when she's around. Sometimes, yeah. Remember I that? Listen to remember, Star Wars uh, podcast when we're in the the car together. By the way, <laughs> these are methods of brainwashing. Just gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. Very, yeah, yeah. Here's, yeah. here's how much you wear a, a Star Wars t shirt. I'll tell you this: uh, the time that I came over and watched her in the morning when. Christy was mm-hmm. having the baby. Yep. You called me over an emergency situation. I went and woke her up and picked her up out of her bed. She just kind of like looked at my shirt and then just like hugged me. I'm convinced she thought I was you because I had a Star Wars Star shirt. Wars on. shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And she's got her own Star Wars clothes. And uh, it's gotten to the point where we have these like books at nighttime that we yeah. read and they're Star Wars nighttime books. Yeah. Are I they, saw that. Wait, what are I they do books is, or are they propaganda uh, pamphlets? Uh, they, they could be both. And it, the way that I use them, it's kind of both. Yeah. Well, wasn't one of them like Vader's little girl? About I have Vader that one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that one was good. <laughs> Um, they have ones where it teaches them the ABCs and also how to count through Star Wars. Uh And so what I'll do is every time I open up the book, like I point out a character, I'm like, that's Anakin. And so like, now I can point to it and I'll go, who's this? And she goes, that's Ray. (laughs) She can point out Finn. She knows who Darth Vader is and all this. So all this is to come to you and say that this week, my daughter has been asking to watch Star Wars over and over and over again. Uh, so we've been watching Clone Wars together. She, as we're watching it, she'll be like Stormtroopers and Anakin and uh, what do you call? It? I sure, we heard, we've been watching Rogue One this week as well. Nice. One week, one night uh, this week. Um, I was gonna go put her to bed, and as I was putting her to bed, she was like, she was screaming at me because she wanted to go downstairs and watch Star Wars. Yeah. I was like, man, I wish Christy wasn't on. <laughs> 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 what, right what, what Jared doesn't understand, though, is 
she's going to be one of those kids where she oh, reaches no. a point no, where no, it's no, been no. pushed on her so much yep. that no, she no, rebels man. against I'm it. I'm subtle. I'm so she asked to watch Star Wars yeah, right now. Yeah, right but now. this is being recorded. You know, like she'll be able to listen to your intentions later. So when oh, she gets older and she's 15 and she starts listening to this and she's by that, but that, but here's the thing: by that time, I've already got. Her. I'm telling you right you now. What I mean, she she will be a Trekkie. You just out of spite. If she, if she wants to like Trek, I'm fine with it. But I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna have all. I'm, I've got a bag of tricks. To make her a Star Wars fan, and I'm gonna use it's, every one of them. It is insane how much you sound like a drug dealer right yep. now. Well, <laughs> yep, guys, got I her young. Know how to be I a father her, in one way. I got her hooked young. I got a yeah, bag of tricks absolutely. to keep her coming back. That's right. Uh, I just want to say, on a completely side note, you mentioned that you, there's a Star Wars. Uh, would you say alphabet book? Was it? Yeah. To, to teach her the yeah. alphabet. Uh, yeah. Uh, the other day at work, <clears throat> there was uh, some small children. Um, we'll just say uh, creating a ruckus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, their uh, parents needed to leave for a second to go grab something, and they okay. stayed at the register. And they were singing. You work at Best Buy, by the way, just so everybody yeah. understands the story. They, they were singing their ABCs, okay? And these, these these children were not being a pleasant experience for me. Okay. Uh, they, they had them wrong. <laughs> so I was like, you got it. Good job. <laughs> Basically just trying to ingrain in them that the way they had their ABCs. That's- I would like, do that too. Like WP, like I think C three PO man. That's what you need to teach. Does that R2-D2? make you a bad person? No, no. Um, well, I would. Doesn't do make it. you a good Star Wars fan. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, uh, you know, he he didn't like that. You I went. I went face. to the dark side a little bit there. <clears throat> yeah, dark side. Yeah. All right, guys. We all ready to talk about uh, this movie? Inglorious yeah. Bastards. Let's do it. Okay, let's go. The movie that Nick picked for this week <clears throat> is Inglorious. Beep. Oh, my gosh. Bastards. And I didn't look up any information. Sounds worse if you do it that way. It'd be better if you, you just, just called it Inglorious. And then I'll Inglorious. call it. I'll do the other part. Don't, don't How's do that? that. Okay. Just don't do that. I should. Uh, why don't, while I'm doing some internet research on the movie, why don't we just go around and give our star ratings of the film? Um, this is my second favorite Quentin Tarantino film ever made. I give this one five stars. Five stars. Uh, I thinking hard. I'm going to say it's really close between three and a half and four, but I'm going to wow. say four. Oh, I saw that. Th- uh, like, that actually nuts. shocks me. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to give it a five star. I, Absolutely was enthralled by this movie the first time I saw it. Yep. Uh, I'm enthralled by it every single time I watch it. Um, let's go around and uh, talk about things that we like. Mikey, why don't I start with you? Well, for one, it's Quentin Tarantino. Um, and because <laughs> So Quentin it was a perfect Tarantino. movie before oh, you watched it. Oh, probably, I knew it was right, a perfect yeah. movie before right. I even went in the theater. You know, as you mentioned, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, let me say this. This is the last time that he made a film that I felt was only benefited from his hand. Uh, It was every movie since then that there has been one moment of the movie that I thought was ruined because it was Quentin Tarantino. Um, We're not going to get into spoilers, but there's a shootout in Django uh, that is just totally botched because didn't we do Django? We did, but so you can I, go back and listen to it. Yeah. You can. I and I go into great depth in my right, anger right. at that part of the film. But 
And every movie since then has had those moments where I'm like, oh, this was ruined because Quentin Tarantino is so popular and Well, you say that, but that... there's only been, what, two? Well, I've also got to say this. What's the difference between those shootout scenes and the theater scene that's a 40-minute long deal? I mean, uh, seems, I mean, I'm not saying they're the exact same, but they do. They completely are little... different. I, I love those scenes. They work. The tension that is built in this movie is so fine-tuned. Uh, the humor that subtly finds its way into it. Mm. Basically, what I'm saying is, all the things that he does right, he does right, and nothing that he does is over the line to me. Uh, and where every movie since this movie, he has done things where I'm like, oh, I wish it's a studio head would have been able to tell him, like, uh, you, you can't do that. Let's let's tone that back. You Still know, a perfect movie. While I agree with you, and while every it's something that. You know, obviously, most people get an enjoyment out of seeing. I think there is over the top moments in this movie oh, that that Bullshit. go a little far. Just even for though the that sake we're in the light category, let's let's entertain this idea. So, let's let's talk about those moments that you I'll, I'll say one about. that I think is equivalent to the the what you're talking about. From well, we won't go into spoilers, but just listen to our hateful eight uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a scene of something that's discussed in a, in a monologue that Jared is not a yeah. fan of. To, and and your part of that too is it's just Quentin Tarantino overindulging himself and going to an extreme for an extreme sake. Um, while I like the idea that I get to see something like this, I don't need to see them point a gun at Hitler's face and make Swiss cheese. Completely out of it. disagree. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's over the top. It's, it's 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 violence over the top. Of, and I'm not even a person that normally cares about violence. It's something I had an issue with even when we watched. Toxic Avenger. I mean, it, there, there's a line Not to toxic. me. There's a toxic. line to me where it seems like you're only doing it just to be shocking. <coughs> no, he's not. Uh, well, the camera. Uh, I, I always have. Just a second. I, I, let you me, can let me point the camera to it or not. He chooses to point the camera to it. It's right. not that those characters don't do it. Let me you, let me you talk show this out it to get a reaction, and well, it's okay because it's Hitler. Because everyone hates Hitler, it's safe. Let me let me talk this through because there's a couple things I have to say. Um, I. I am very I, I do not try to make myself look good in this podcast. So there are times like I'm about to do that may not shine myself in the best light, but let's go there. Um that part is not meant to be shocking. It's it funny. is meant to be funny. Yeah. And I will say that my realistic. sense of humor I loved seeing Hitler get but shot like can that. Can you can you not can you not admit that it's it's an excessive thing that no. Tarantino does because he likes is it to be excessive? excessive yes, scene. but oh, he has built on. and earned that moment by the end of this film. The Hitler that we're presented is a cartoon from the very beginning. the The first uh, scene with him where he's interviewing that German soldier, we are presented with the cartoon version of Hitler. Yeah. Um, also, it's let me, let me add Hitler. this. I mean, for one, he dies. I mean, right what? there in, that, in that theater. Um, yeah, so he didn't end up in a bunker. It's not with, meant to be uh, real. I, I understand Braun, this. Ava Braun. Yeah. But, um, all right, so let me let me build to another thing that I was... Because uh, not only do I find that part funny, but there's another element like, that I have Don't to get add. me wrong here. I'm not sympathetic to Hitler. I was happy to see him go. I It just was one of those moments that I, I don't know if it bothered me in, in the past. And it didn't really bother me now. I'm just saying if we're going to if we're gonna pick and choose, if you want to talk about Tarantino being Tarantino and it hurting the film, I think that's something where it was a little, it was a little over the top. And it, it's Tarantino because Tarantino can get away with it. And Tarant- it's, his, it's his 
we'll just say Pulp Fiction car ride. It's his. It's it's it's, it's his, his style. It's, it's that it's moment the, the, in this movie where it's like, well, you can movies. call it style, but if it doesn't work for Eric, then it doesn't work for Eric. It works well, for me for a couple reasons. One of which I just I've think it's a bit stated. much. That's the thing. The that comedy factor works for me. Um, there's also a couple more elements I need to to discuss to bring to to bring in here so that I can further explain this. Another thing is that this is made by a bunch of Jewish people. Uh, there's a lot of Hollywood Jewish players that are in this film, and there's a kind of karmic, there's a, a cathartic, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. thing of these people taking well, of film course, revenge. Man. I mean, that uh, sequence uh, is what him. called what was it? What was the last chapter called? The giant head of like yeah. you know Jewish redemption or something. I don't know. It was like <laughs> okay. So there's one more element I need to discuss. And that is, um, I, I believe I've mentioned this before in this podcast, there's a part in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where something violent happens. And I remember it is one of the only times that I can ever recall having a bloodlust moment where my desire for death on screen was so high that I felt a high from it. The only other time I can ever remember having that feeling is watching this movie. Uh, at the end of this film, I'm getting excited talking about it. Um, again, I try not Good to. Grief. I try not to make myself look. Because here's the thing: I'm. I find it stupid to try to hide the fact that I love this stuff. If yeah. we're doing a movie podcast on it, um, okay. The film burns up. This woman's face comes on the screen and brings, uh, condemns them. The theater sets on fire, and you yeah. have this brilliant moment where her face projected is, in the smoke. Oh, that is brilliant. It is, it is yeah. one of the, and then okay, now there's a, a top shot of Nazis who look like rats, which by the way goes back to the beginning of the movie. That I remember feeling just this urge for Nazi blood so high at that point that when I saw Hitler getting shot, I was like, "Do it, do it!" Like I loved it so much. That's why I'm saying I understand what you're saying, that maybe it's not in good taste. Is it overboard? Sure. That's why that moment works it, for it's, me. It's, not, it, it's what it is. Like I said, it's – and I don't mean this scene of them burning all of them and shooting all of them. I mean I literally mean it's the, it's, it's the scene of pointing a gun and showing us the effects of a gun tearing apart Hitler's face. What about it, it's from a distance. The... I'm going to say from a distance, it's the same thing with the bear Jew when you see the, the head. But it's not, it's that a lot different. interesting It's me. a lot different when it's from a distance. I'm not saying it makes it okay. When it's like right up in the camera though, because in the, the bear Jew one, like it's not when he first hits him on the head. It's yeah. when he's hitting him from a distance. His head yeah. moves in directions and motions that are so unnatural looking for what you see in humans yeah. that you're like, it's just off putting. Um, but it's meant to be obviously like it's meant to instill that, fear. Let's in talk about way. that scene because that scene struck me as weird. Again, I think this is one of those moments where I'm, when I watch the movie, I, I watch it deeper when I watch it for cue it up than when I just watch it on my own. I never really, that scene struck me different this time than any other time. That guy, especially that end part, just before he beats his head in, where he goes, "Did you get this for killing Jews?" and he says, "No bravery." Like that's like I remember this time I had this moment of like he's given this Nazi some form of a honorable death. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what it is about that. Like I I found it very odd when I was watching this film. It uh, a little bit of sympathy crept in uh, to my uh, heart. For him, and I was like, "What's what's that feeling? I don't I don't understand." What do you guys think about that scene? 
No, we're talking. We're still talking about the bear Jew. The bear Jew. You know what's funny is I. I would think you would have that scene as a new father with the uh, the Wilhelm uh, uh, death scene him? when you know that you might look differently upon that uh, and feel sympathy for the the you new father that just wants to walk out of the. I just uh, I just watched that that part. I think it was last night. I do not remember the Wilhelm scream being there. No, no, no. That's not what I said. What'd you say? The Wilhelm scene, the character that's in the his bar. His name that's is the father. Isn't, isn't that's his name? Then why didn't they put the screen there? Which, by the way, I know this is really inside baseball. I love that baseball, that's so how he takes so let like, me, what he let takes me, out of it. Let me briefly explain so that we can get back yeah. to talking about this movie because we've referenced it. There is a very famous scream that uh, Ben Bird inserted into the 1977 version of Star Wars. I forget what movie it actually came from, but um, the character's name was Wilhelm. He was killed by an alligator. And if you watch movies through the years, you'll notice this one very particular scream that has been I, in movies for 40 years. I would now. have to imagine... Someone listening to a movie podcast, if this isn't their first episode, most know what the probably a lot. Is. I would say a high percentage, not most. Yeah, I I'm not I saying that. Oh, no, no, it's no, been I'm retired, not, by the way. I'm I think not I saying know that most you're talking about, but I, I didn't know that that was called that. Yeah, well, on screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would say that most, not most people know about that. I would say most people probably that because we're obviously someone seeking out and listening to a movie podcast. Probably is a fan of. But it's gotten very popular, especially because the internet has allowed it to be. Are you about Nick, to do play you have this, it queued up? I got it queued up. I hear I'll uh, try to get it in my mic. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we couldn't edit that in <laughs> the clean file. We could, but <laughs> but that would take work. That's cool. that's good. Cool. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's one. Yeah, that's uh, when uh, you'd Luke be shoots uh, when just before they uh, uh, rope over the. You'd be shocked and, at and how many movies. Subtly oh, yeah. put that in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's in the Toy Story, I believe, right? It's in. Yeah. I mean, it's not if you just mix like that at Skywalker yeah. Sound, which ninety percent of movies have been. Right. Uh, it's available. It's in there. Right. More yeah. than likely. All right. Let's get back to Inglorious. Do you guys have any thoughts on the weirdness of that scene with the bear Jew? Um, that is the scene that stands out to me in this movie. When I look back yeah. and remember this movie, that's the scene I remember. That and that first, actually, the first scene when he's sitting down drinking mm-hmm. the milk. Okay, let's talk about the bear Jew, but that oh, will we'll be co- the We'll next, get back to that. We'll, yeah, <laughs> pretty hard not to mention that scene. And what's weird is I don't really remember this bothering me. Maybe it's part of growing up and yeah. being an old person. So I'm not the only one that that scene struck them as weird this um, time. Yeah, but my thing is very different than yours, I think. <sighs> And I've actually been thinking about this because I knew I was going to have to podcast about this. Mm-hmm. I am not a Nazi th- sympathizer in, Better any, not be. in any way. In fact, I'm partially Jewish. Oh. Actually, I'm partially, because of a recent DNA thing my brother did, I know that I'm partially Ashkenazi Jewish, which mm. is uh, Jews that were like basically in Poland that were almost completely wiped out That's during true. World War II. But anyway... All that to say. Mm-hmm. Stolen trauma. Hashtag stolen trauma. Yeah. Uh, I did steal that from Jewish people, I guess. Yeah. Sorry about that, Jewish people. He's trying to um, he's trying to make himself part of the... Because I'm only Jewish, not Jewish. Well, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, it does not... The way that I feel like I'm supposed to revel in the violence... Mm-hmm against the Nazis in this scene particularly yeah. doesn't sit right with me anymore. But but here's the thing, though. I'll say this. We're not seeing a, a regular squad. We're, he's told right from the beginning he when he tells his group when we see yeah. that scene that we will be cruel. We will be we, we will, will be like no this mercy. is what yeah this is what we will be known for. Like we are not 
living by normal rules. We are meant to instill fear by being absolutely as cruel and barbaric as possible to become mythic. Well, and you know what's interesting? Because he does a really great thing in that scene that we're talking about here. Uh, the only reason those scenes work to me is because of the intercutting where we get to see that it's they've won, they've done it. And even at the highest, Hitler is having meetings where they are right. constant thorn in his side. <laughs> like it, it does make, because I get what you're saying, Nick. Something about that decision to intercut those scenes with Hitler make those scenes more stomachal stomachable yeah like that like that (laughs) to me he thinks that's a big word it it is the the brutality of it the absolute brutality of it mixed with the party like atmosphere of celebration to me it's like i just don't care how evil the person is and these people were evil yep to enjoy human suffering in that way just doesn't sit right with me yeah, anymore. I, and I'll say this. I've seen this movie. This has got to be the sixth or seventh time. I, I've seen it quite a bit. This is the very first time that what you said got through to me that yeah. I felt a little bit you guilty know, about my love for the movie. Kind <laughs> right? of thing. Can, yeah. can I say something too? So I think that actually they're, they're kind of shown that by the end of this movie, it happens with two characters that that lust, that bloodlust and enjoyment that they are you have, talking about the what I felt at the end scene. I'm, I'm not talking about what you as a viewer felt. Oh, I'm okay. saying that that because blood, I felt bloodlust at the end. The bloodlust that the characters feel and what you're talking about. Just want to get that out of the way. The again. enjoyment that they have is what you're saying. Taking I'm part saying in I love to watch. I get. Mouth. I okay. get it, Jerry. Okay. Oh my gosh, we're <laughs> working on limited time. Sorry, here. sorry about how annoying that segment was, for the listeners, because <laughs> I'm annoyed. <laughs> I was like, how many times can I do it before Eric has enough? <laughs> Uh, just about that many times. That's right. You found it. Yep. You found the limit. It actually yep. I, didn't bother me that much, but I'm like, we are literally we're working on limited time here. Uh, so the end scene, okay? Yes. So oh, I say end scene. I mean end scene of the of the theater when when the two characters, the Bear Jew and um, whatever his name was. It. Isn't that the guy Dominic from Freaks and Geeks there too? Is that the right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever his actual name was, I remember. Omar. Yeah, the guy from Freaks and Geeks. That's what you can call him. That's one one guy was Omar, one guy was whatever. Whatever. Yeah, uh, guy from Freaks and Dominic, Geeks. That's right. Yeah. Coco. Okay. Okay. The, yeah, okay. I, I. By the way, I just want to state how great that was. That when he's laughing at the other guys, and then he says Dominic DeCoco, he's like, "Bravo!" Like, yeah, you're, you're the only one that did a good job. Uh, but that when, scene is awesome. When actually. they're shooting, uh, like said uh, Hitler and all, they're up in the balcony and they're they're shooting yes. down. They're so consumed with killing all of them. I'm pretty sure. Now, when I say this, I'm sure that if need be, the plan was, hey, if if you can take them out and you're going with it. Trade your life for theirs. But I don't think they meant to stay there and die. Yeah, They're so consumed by what they're doing with, with their bloodlust that they forget that they have a timed bomb strapped to their leg. Yeah. And they both die because they're just so consumed by it. Yeah. And in a weird way, and, in, and, and it doesn't show it to a lot of the other characters, including, like, you know, you want to say the main uh, uh, bastard, um, that it doesn't get that consequence. Like, it's it's an odd thing to, to throw in there. But it does show that, like, hey, like, there are consequences to that. Like, you know, you so consume for it, you can't see the forest for the trees and you cost yourself your own life when you didn't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a good point. Actually, Yeah. Like, I think they put that in there, but obviously you're only doing it for two characters and they're not the two main, you know, they're not two main characters. So, 
Um, Interesting points. Mm. Yeah, okay. I don't think I noticed that before. I noticed they die, but I always wondered, like, well, why do they die? Like, why why would you stay? And, and the thing is, when I watch it this time, I go, they don't stay out of a choice. They stay because they're so blinded. And it's it's literally kids in a candy store. It's the thing they want most is to kill Nazis, mm. and they shoot literally shooting fish in a barrel. Mm. And they, 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 they get so what distracted. If they, they had to do it because they hadn't met their uh, quota. No, they're debit yeah. of scalps. Hundred. I scalps. love it every time he says debit. I'm like, that's not me. I think he means debt. Yeah. <laughs> debit. I love that. You all right. owe me a debit. Uh, Mikey, I know we're still technically on you, but we ever as we're talking, you guys keep saying things. I'm like, okay, let's touch on that next. So let's go there. Uh, let's talk about the opening scene, which I'll say this from the get-go. I think that if I'm to pick a perfect scene, uh, from writing, direction, mm. uh, pacing. It's one of the only problems uh, scenes that has a editing problem. In it. You're, just, you're just talking about a Tarantino movie, though. But yeah, I know. What you're of you know. anything. Oh, no. Just a Tarantino. I mean, that's a perfect writing, uh, directing. This is, so, to me, the best scene that Tarantino has produced, and it's one of the best scenes in cinema. We, we have all seen. seen this movie. We have also all seen other movies that Christoph Waltz was in. But as someone who was not, we were not familiar with Christoph Waltz, when we first saw that yep. scene, this is maybe the most bone chilling introduction to a new character and not new actor, but a new actor in terms of someone you weren't familiar with. People did not know who Christoph Waltz was. Yep. That opening scene was spine chilling. The first time that you watched the, it, the slow trickle of information, yeah. the use of music and also the lack of music is so effective. Um, First off, you said there's a editing mistake. I usually don't like talking about them, but we'll if go, I'm we'll holding this up as a, a, a perfect scene, it's I'd like not, to hear what it is. It's not when they're actually talking. It's it, it, it's so bad, it almost seems intentional. And knowing Tarantino, it might be, but I just don't know why he would do it. The Watching them this this time, I actually rewound it a couple times to like watch because it was driving me so nuts. When he's washing up outside, mm-hmm. yeah. when they're driving down the road, that... That that like little you know their vehicles keep jumping back down the road every time they show them they're they're further back than where they were the last time they yeah showed I think them. you're mistaken they pull the they pull the Monty Python it, I was the Holy Grail no, I I literally was like this is like a Monty Python scene like <laughs> wow. what is going on here you know what it's possible you did that on purpose it I is will, possible I'll throw that out there. for I what don't know. purpose I didn't notice I it. It it drew. I, I don't know I if I noticed it before. It drove me nuts. This time. I didn't notice it. I know he's wrong. Yeah, I know. No. He's wrong too. Okay, no. sure. Mikey yep. will Mikey will run out the door and not let us put it on the TV. He doesn't want to know. <laughs> All right, so let's just isolate that scene and talk about it. Um, thoughts on it, uh, Nick? <coughs> why don't we go to you on this? One? Um, yeah, I think I agree with everything you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the release of information it gives is is brilliant. Yeah, the tension it builds is great. There's one little thing um, he does in there. It's just a very small writing thing that I think. I think it's so genius. Um, at one point, when they switch to English, the uh, the farmer or the 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 dairy cow guy, farmer, yeah, <laughs> the dairy whatever. Cow guy. Sorry, guys. Um, he says we. Then he corrects himself and goes, "Yes." It's a really small thing, but as a French speaker, right? Quentin Tarantino understands that character well enough to know that he would accidentally say "we" at one point. Then I noticed later in the scene. When he goes to say yes, he just says we and doesn't even notice that he is 
he has made that mistake He's again. He's so deep in another thought. Well, because right. by the time he says it the second time, things have gotten worse. Yeah. And and he is starting to realize that this is not... Well, he's not going to pull the wool over his I, I think the, the genius part about that scene isn't just... I mean, obviously, it's the tension, the way the tension's built, and the way that a character is introduced to us and is supposed to be menacing and becomes even more menacing than... I don't even know if Tarantino meant him to be as mm-hmm. frightening the first time as when we watched that. And just the way... The way that Christoph Waltz is in every scene, actually. Um, he was that way. But... It to me, it's when he stands up and Christoph Waltz realizes that they can't understand what he says because otherwise they would be they would, they would be freaking out. There'd be a commotion. Yeah, yeah, when he realizes that they don't know what's been said yet, and then continues on the charade. Like I was like, man, that is oh, that's good it's writing. So genius, um, dude. What about that pipe? That pipe. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. that's funny. That this is, movie um, has two parts that make me laugh out loud every yeah, time. That's that little, and that's the Bon Giorno scene. Um, oh, oh, yeah. The the pipe thing also because it's such a tension filled moment yep. when he pulls out that comically large pipe. Yep. <laughs> it, that joke works more than it should. Yep. Because it's such a abrupt well and it's it's perfectly timed in the scene as well because we are somewhere about the midpoint by the time he pulls out that pipe i am still not quite (laughs) sure at that point i've suspected that 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 christoph waltz's character knows something is up but i'm not quite sure and so after that part um the movie gives us this hilarious you know lets the bag out of the the air out of the bag kind of scene and then immediately after that's done, that's when the tension wraps up. The camera goes down and shows us the people underneath the floor. We're right before everything gets real bad. Well, also, this is our first scene with this character. We don't know. Like, the, the, the tension ramps up so much more because when he presents the choice of, my men will come in, you know my reputation, you know that I am unlike them because I know how they think and I know how where they hide and I know mm. I know and basically says we haven't done it yet but just know we will find them I give you the opportunity to save your family at the cost of you know like not even a punishment you'll be rewarded like uh, th- this thing of 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 we don't know yet if he can be trusted if his word is as good as what it says if that may if his reward is we won't hassle you because yeah you're dead we're not going to hassle you or if his reward is like literally what he means or the way it's said, you know, as if, you know, if you do this, if you, if you do this thing now, I'm giving you a chance. You, you will, you will walk away and you won't be hurt. And to be that person in that, it's like, we are, are that we're, we're that dairy farmer, right? Yeah. In that scene, it's this, do you trust this man? Do you give up these people that clearly you don't take a family in? That were already your neighbors, but you don't take them in for how long at that point? Like how many months? I think he said eight months, right? right. Uh, well, he said he was searched nine months before, and they found nothing. So. You, you don't you don't take that family in if you don't have a an emotional connection to that family. Yeah, you, I just assumed that they were paying them. That's what I thought. Well, I, okay. <laughs> cold hearted. I mean, why else? You, right? well, yeah. you were wrong. Uh, the right? the mother made really uh, good gooey, what's, gooey butter cheesecake. What's, what's going on, guys? Yeah, well, I think that scene actually also. Um, him he making that choice. So he turned him in. Him making that. Right. Oh my god! You guys are the worst. It's a dark joke. Boo. Dark joke. Ugh. What were you trying to say? To I don't even know. Oh yeah. Uh, him making that choice not to go down with the ship. 
Okay, because there is that choice of yes. I, for the for the principle of it, I'm not going to say yes. Them trotting his daughters through in the first Absolutely. scene makes that work. Yep, all the way. Also, Absolutely. I I just want to say they we don't get to see much from that guy. He's a pretty physically intimidating man in the first yeah. couple scenes. And by the end of it, he is a sweating, shaking, cowering yeah. mess. Like yeah. the the transition that that guy goes through. And you through, don't really see the transition. It's so slow yeah, throughout was, the whole scene. Yeah. But I'm just saying that the, the, the arc that he has in that oh, yeah. little bit is so upsetting because you're like, this is a man that's been strong through everything. He's a rock. He's been... Yeah. He's been He's in one of the toughest times in human history, and he's thriving for what for the other people around him. And then he's gone; like he's just shattered in that moment. Yeah. It, um, uh, I don't know, man. The way that he shoots that part when he is where Christoph Waltz is basically laying out, like the, they're underneath the floorboards and all that. He does this thing where um, the camera will kind of do slow pull-ins on each character's face. That pull in when when the character the farmer shakes his head yes that they're there yeah. is heartbreaking. Is. I don't know who that actor is, and that that's a small part. Talk about doing a lot with a small no, role. No. Yeah, uh-huh. is that the guy from Three Hundred? No, that's no. not Gerald Butler. No, okay, all right. Um, and you know what's it, it, the scary thing? Uh, and I we've we've made some joking around about my lack of uh, compassion, but getting serious. You have no compassion. Okay. (laughs) Um, That part terrifies me because as an audience member, you have to make that decision. And especially now that I have two daughters. Yeah. There's there's a part of me that's like, thank God I don't have to be in that situation. Um, And that that's a brilliant little thing. That's a that's a and that's within like five minutes of the movie opening that I have a moral quandary that is impossible for me to to comprehend. So when we talk about the genius of Tarantino, I do want to mention something else because it, it's rooted in that initial scene. Um, one of the most impressive parts of the writing of this movie to I me, know what you're going to say is when, when we, we don't see Colonel Landa for a long time, right? <clears throat> he disappears. That? That's Christoph Waltz. Okay. So it's that character. <laughs> the, 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 the Jew hunter, as he's called. Um, we don't see him when he appears. And obviously the music changes and, when when he steps and you don't even see his face yet behind Shoshana, um, mm. the fact that when he sits down and you go, oh no, but you're like he won't recognize her. He doesn't want the tension that's already there is already so high, and you're like it can't get any higher. And the first thing he does is he orders a, a espresso for himself, and he says a milk for the the lady. Yeah, the Ugh. the idea of that of what that could possibly Brilliant. mean is it a random choice? Or does he know and he's toying with her? When he ordered her milk, even now, it's one of the few times that uh, this movie, knowing what I know, like it loses a lot of tension. That that actually still ramps the tension up somehow. The first time, man, when he ordered that milk, I lost Dude, my mind. My yeah. stomach just dropped. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, he knows. Because you know you're yeah. just getting started in the scene and they're still going to chew the fat. Like, Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, um, let's continue. Mikey, do you have other things that you want to highlight uh, as far as liking? I've, everything. Um, let me get into specific. I mean, if I, you have a specific. Duty, I'll, I'll say this: I, 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 I still had the bloodlust for the Nazis. Yeah, I wanted to see them. I wanted to. See I, there's them nothing shot that, that the, I'm 
that's that face in the smoke is one of it's the, pretty great. It is one yeah. of the greatest. I, it's brilliant. It is. Yeah. Uh, um, the, oh, the scene. How about how about the reveal know. of we know what it's gonna what's gonna happen, but when they when the camera pans down <coughs> and you see the giant pile of uh, film there, oh, yeah, like it, you already know that that's the Which, plan. By the way, but, the metaphor that. That scene is just so. I, it's just one of those things. I'm so impressed at, at how well that scene works. Um, f- this is a film revenge against the hatred that was the Nazis, and they used film as part of the thing to that burns them. them. Uh-huh. I, 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 in a theater. Yes, yeah. like <laughs> the whole thing is just so. Uh, you know, like last week we we made fun of The Godfather Three for having uh, a little. The finale kind of takes place in a in a theater and. The action that's happening uh, down uh, on the stage just kind of has uh, correlation with what's happening in the real world and stuff like that. And this is, a, I mean, this is pretty close to the same thing that happens in this movie. Yeah, this is how it is done to a T perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. Mikey, do you have anything else that you want to One more. And uh, I want to say this the basement or the mm-hmm. cellar scene. Yeah. That was also another great one. I think that's the, kind of the dividing line. I, I know a lot of Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. fans that don't like that scene. They don't scene. like it? No. I'm not crazy like about it. it personally. My thing is, what? I love it. I do it's, love it. I think it's, Here's, yeah. I think it's one I of the best scenes in the entire the, movie. The, I, the, I think it's great, but I will say this it is the only scene of the movie that I think, even out of itself, even with the tension <laughs> ramping up, probably needs to be shorter. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I don't know. No. I, I like it. No. One of my biggest problems King with this Kong. movie, and I, I know it's it. not going to be popular, so mm-hmm. whatever, but <laughs> I think all three of the scenes when people are just sitting around a table talking, uh-huh. too long. All could be shorter? No all way. of them, yeah. No matter how good they are, and they are good, Yeah, they're all too long. Did no. does the basement scene stick out more the than the other scene two? Definitely sticks out as the because I could offender. probably get there with I'll, you. I'll say, I'll say it feels slow at first, mm-hmm. but I still like it. I think everything from the moment that character steps out from behind the wall because we've seen them. They're like when 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 Fassbender bullies the other guy, mm-hmm. and it's the first moment where you're like, yes, you can do this, and yes, is working, but ooh, I don't know if it's a good idea. But you go well. These guys, you got to look at from their perspective. From that officer, they're they will step down. Like they're not going to want to. They're not going to push it in that scenario. You see the seriousness creeping in their face, but the the reveal that there is someone higher than them right. in that, and and can order them around. Yep. When he steps into that room, everything from then on is yeah. just golden to me. Um, right. And I do love the opening scenes, but I do agree it drags yeah. a little bit. I can see where you can make that argument. I think it's worth it to balance that scene against the second half of that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm somewhere in between you guys because I, while I still love it, I do I do remember even the first time I saw it thinking, this has gone on a little too long. There's a joke in there too that most people don't bring up but is one of my favorite jokes in the uh, the, the movie. Uh, when we see that his card is King Kong and everything that he's describing fits exactly for King Kong uh, and then the reveal of like when he's like, American slavery and like it's immediately like well of course that's a perfect answer and they're like no and he goes well King Kong <laughs> like the, 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 he immediately just jumps the other one that 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 uh, director playing a trick on us like I think is one of the smartest jokes so guys we're gonna lose Mikey here in a little bit he has a hard stop so we're gonna let him go but before you do do you have anything that you want to say 
as far as not liking the film and or any other comment about the movie before you go. Because um, remember, we're going to basically put words in your mouth once you leave. Well, I got to say this. There's obviously nothing wrong with this movie because it's a Tarantino film. Um, and I don't care what anybody says. And then the other thing I wanted to say. What was the other thing I want to say? Well, at least you're objective. Remember. Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, I, I got to be. I got, you know, I'm a. I'm an opinionated person, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's a great movie. Do you have anything else? No. Okay. All right. All right, sir. We'll All talk right. to you later. We'll text you the movie for next week. Please do. Uh, after we're done. See All you. Right. All, right, All right, man. Take it easy. See you guys. All right, guys. All right, here's why Mikey's wrong. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Okay, can we get can we get a guest star of uh, future Mikey maybe for the rest of the podcast? No. Oh, oh no! <laughs> uh, you summoned him with your no, words. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I didn't pay my cell phone bill and he can't contact me. I don't know if that's something we're gonna. Have. Yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, maybe, guys, maybe. we're still kind of talking about things that we like. Nick, do you have anything that you want to specifically mention? Um, that I like. I mean, I will say this: this movie has gone up in my opinion quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I saw this movie, I really did not care for it. I just really? that was yeah. your initial reaction. Yeah, I really didn't like this movie the first time I saw it. It had been one thing; it had been talked up way much. Um, secondly, I just at that point in my Quentin Tarantino viewing was kind of just done with his dialogue. I f- I, I really felt like, <laughs> and then Hateful Eight became your favorite. Of yeah, his movies, which uh, is almost all he brought, he brought me back somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I can't really explain it, but. And this movie is one of the ones that I just kind of felt like he's just so in love with his own dialogue. It's yeah. it's a bit much. Yep. Uh, I kind of came around on a rewatch of this one this time. Um, the scenes weren't quite as long as I had remembered them being. Uh, yet I still think they were a little long. Yeah. Uh, you know it's not interesting to rewatch as, now so. because at the time I, this might have been the first thing I had seen uh, Michael Fassbender in. He wasn't really a name to me then. Probably for me. I completely forgot he was in this. Yeah. So, like, I, he didn't come on my radar until um, Prometheus. Yeah. Now that it's like, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got Magneto in, in the first class mm-hmm. series and stuff, too. Like, I'm just saying, the with the, he's had so many great roles and big roles and everything since then that it's like, it's it puts a weirder spin when you watch it now and you see Fassbender in it than when it was before because yeah. he was like I didn't know who that guy was but I was like I thought that scene was fantastic the first time I watched it. Um, I do want to say too, like the I think is cool is they how what's what it shows about Tarantino that he can do a scene like this and not call attention to it because he calls attention to it in other scenes where you you know you'll point out someone with a little arrow and show who it is. The idea that that character, that Fassbender, uh, so Archie Hickox or whatever his name is, when he steps in to learn about uh, Operation Kino and Mike Myers is there and you know giving him the briefing, the fact that Winston Churchill is just sitting in the background mm-hmm. and not part of the conversation, and not pointed out, yeah, and not not pointed out. Yeah. Like I said, you have to know that that's Winston yeah. Churchill. The the only real uh, hint he gives towards you that yes, this is Winston Churchill is the way he. Uh, pauses and looks at him when he walks in the room like, oh, the prime minister's here kind yeah. of thing. But he never says anything. <laughs> I love the idea that that scene happens and then just he's just watching in the background. Yeah. And also the idea that whether it was intentional or not, I like to think it was intentional, that Churchill was testing him and threw out a reference that he personally didn't believe was correct. 
And then Fassbender corrected him and said, well, I believe it was this person or whatever instead. Like, whatever his answer is at the end. And then that's when Churchill just stops and he goes, brief him. Like, this idea of, like, I threw out this thing of, like, let's see what he re- if he really knows what he's talking about when yeah. he's supposed to be some critic and stuff like that. And he throws out a reference. Like, just that idea that that was all he needed right there is he said that one thing, he answered correctly, and then Churchill just stops the act almost and is like, brief the man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just the idea that that is not called attention to is it, like because you you just know that a, a less skilled director would have to tell you that you would have had something that telegraphs. Stand up it. straight, son. This is you know Winston Churchill, yeah, right, this is the prime yeah. minister. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my, my fan fiction that I wrote for this movie, I did that. So, uh, <laughs> which I he, he a did a really thing. good job of it there. I take a little bit of issue with the next time we see Shoshana. Uh-huh. That he had to do a flashback scene of yes. her running out. Yeah, you know what? I, I, know, I always man. make fun of Christopher Nolan movies for doing that exact yeah. thing, not trusting that the audience is smart enough to piece that together. Right. The sad thing is, it maybe is a character that reason but face it was is covered in blood, and we didn't get a good look at. I mean, yeah. I can, I get it, and but... it's not a safe place right there to say her name. Like to to have her give her name in that scene and give a realization would have been too much too. It wouldn't have made sense for the scene. I, I never feel think like it, calling back the same but, movie in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to do a flashback. He could have done exactly what he did before. He could have drew, drew a little arrow like he just did. And well, be like, here's the Shoshana thing. four um, years later. Anything. I'm not saying it would have been good. They but. did that with the narration. Yeah. He says, this is her, whatever, however many months after yeah, the slaughter of her but family. But it was Samuel L. Jackson, so I didn't care. I was happy. Yeah. I no, I mean. I was like, yeah, he's No, I mean, like, what's the point of doing it in the narration I and know. then doing it in a scene later? Yep. Like, I don't like uh, it. I didn't like it. I, and I'll, th- that's a blanket statement. Any movie that does that, I take points off for it. Like, I cannot stand that. It's such a dummy thing. Um, and it makes me sad that Quentin Tarantino felt that he had to do it. I, I'm my guess is it might not have been him. Well, I don't this know. is my guess. Yeah, I wonder if they did. Um, what is it called? Uh, it's not market research where they test screenings. Test screening, yeah. Where and people didn't. Know. People were confused. So I mean, Harvey he, he, uh, Weinstein. Yes, that Harvey Weinstein. I think it's a strength it. of this movie, but it is something unlike a lot of other Tarantino movies. Yeah. He uses a lot of people, a lot of actors in this movie that we are not familiar with, and they're in bigger well, roles. We are now. <laughs> yeah, we. we it's are amazing now. how many of these actors. Well, this made, made... Christoph Waltz. Oh yes, yeah, a, a, a big thing. Yeah. So not only do you have a character that is hard to see anyway, because we see her so briefly. And she, it's moving, like the camera's not steady on her face. She's covered in blood. It's not going to be easy for us to recognize that person. And on top of it, it's an actress that Americans are not really that familiar yeah. with. Like, it, you almost feel like you have to do something to like, unless you're going to have some other scene in between where you can safely say you can have a scene with her and Marcel or whatever, and he can say Shoshana or something, yeah. anything. But the scene that we see where it's her and that officer, there is no safe way for him to like, without putting some kind of narration well, yeah, or doing a flashback. yells her name at her as she's running away. And then the narrator tells us who she is and exactly the situation mm-hmm. and how long after it, but they still they did still the flashback. Do that. Yeah. Because it's in that scene and he needs you to know in that scene that that's her. I get it. I, I know why they did yeah, it. I, I just I don't, don't like, like that either. they did do yep. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think, because I, I don't want to not mention this during the podcast, I think now is as good a time as any. Um, Jared, do you remember 
the because uh, Jared and I saw this in the theater mm-hmm. uh, opening day or whatever it was. I guess it was opening day. Do you do you remember what happened in the theater? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this is one of those weird things that something happened bad in the theater, but we didn't know if it was Quentin Tarantino well, being Tarantino. To preface this too, Jared had had a string to the point of I literally joking but wasn't joking told Jared I don't know if I want to go see this movie with you because Jared had had such bad luck at theaters where literally movies were stopping while they had like uh, a pivotal scene in Harry Potter the reel burned up and came back after the moment like one of the biggest moments we won't say the spoiler obviously but luckily, Jared had read that book, and it wasn't Let's just say it was uh, for him. it was in the Half Blood Prince. So if it you're was familiar. A, you can wink, probably wink, figure out which wink, scene wink. we're talking about. It was about. a yeah. major moment. the f- The film burnt up and came back after that scene. Yeah, yeah. Jer- and th- like I said, this was just one of many times that Jared, in a row, had had horrible experiences at different movie theaters. And I told Jared, I go, I don't know if I want to see this with you. And you know, we kind of laughed, but I was kind of like, No, I don't know. I don't want something bad to happen during this. Yeah. We literally were watching that movie. And when it got to the scene where she put, she's in the red dress and she puts on the lipstick and everything, the film started messing up. But no one, not just us, no one in the theater did anything for a while because everyone was thinking the same thing. Like, it's, it's like Tarantino, Tarantino messing right? with yeah. us. Yeah. The film kind of went off skew and was kind of out of focus, which it wasn't, wasn't something you think would do. But it did it in a way that looked like it could be... Yep intentional and we I sat there for very a confused, while yeah. um and then eventually the film stopped and because as, as somebody went out and said something we're like there's no way this we can't even read the dialogue that's been yep. it, it's there's uh subtitles we can't read it and when it paused jared just turned and looked at me he goes it it happened again <laughs> and, well, he and he had to go to work yeah that was it i we'd gone to see the movie where it was going to get over in a certain amount of time and i'd be able to get to work and I was like, I'm going to have to leave this movie theater the, the and not fear. finish this movie. Ugh. The fear that Jared, so hyped up by the movie he's watching, he's so, not just having a bloodlust for Nazi killings, just That's a bloodlust right. oh, yeah. for watching a new Tarantino movie. Yeah. The bloodlust for it. The <laughs> fact that he thought he was going to have to stop and leave and not finish the movie, because it, it, it took a while for them yeah, to get the movie back up. Like uh, It was like 20 minutes. Like The movie was over, and I had to run yeah, out no, of the theater. Jared literally looked leave. at his, like at the time, and he was like, Eric, he goes, if they don't get to start in the next five minutes, I'm gonna have to leave. I don't know what I'm gonna do here. Do I? I can't be. I don't think I can be late for work. Like, what do I do here? And then, like four minutes later, like he had like about a two minute yeah. window zone uh, that he was gonna. Uh, the movie kicked on, and he leaned back and looked so nervous for the rest of the movie that something was gonna happen because he had. No I'm a more very punctual time. person. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I don't I like being late. Yeah, I, can't, I get. I can't I'm with you. Stand it. All right, Nick. Uh, what else do you have to say about the movie? Good or bad at this um, point? You know, I don't think I have a whole lot else to say. I think this is a very tight plot. Absolutely. Um, everything is paid off uh, all all the way up until the very end of the scene of this movie, which is fantastic. Are you talking about, the, about where they cut his face? Yeah, Kristoff getting the um, oh, brand in, yeah. in his and forehead, plus, which, again, by the way, is I a brilliant idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like... What a great way to cut out. It's maybe the best Tarantino exit of a movie. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I would say maybe, it is. yeah. Um, that that scene and the way that it cuts out on their face, and he's like, and it's obviously Tarantino talking too, and he goes, "I think this might be my masterpiece," yeah. and like it cuts out. Um, but like just the idea that he does that is so well set up mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the movie that of course. 
he's going to do that. Yep. And when he goes, you get shot for this, or you'll get hanged, or whatever he says, he goes, no. He goes, I don't I, think so. I get chewed out. He goes, I've been chewed yeah. out. <laughs> I think he goes, I'll get chewed. I, I'll get chewed out. Maybe I've been chewed out before. Mm-hmm. Just like the that character is such a consistent character. Um, that know? that line actually also are that piece of dialogue is also brilliant because it really contrasts how the German army works versus the American army. Yeah. The dictatorship versus the democracy of, yeah, in Germany, you'd be put against the wall and shot. In America, you get chewed out. I've been chewed out. Well, and also, too, the thing of, like, if I did this to one of my own men, yes, they're giving you these things, but none of these people, like Harvey (laughs) Keitel on the phone, even himself... Nobody wants to give it to you. They all know they're losing in a way. Right. So it's like you, you're winning, but I'm going to make sure that you don't get away. Well, and it's that free. brilliant thing is we as it, you know, I think of no country for old men. Uh, let's now let's get away from that. Spoilers. Um, yeah, let, <laughs> yeah. Let me reword this. so I don't intention unintentionally spoil that film. Um, I was afraid when I was watching this movie because I was like, dude, I don't I didn't want to watch this whole movie to see this dude. Get away, Scott Get off, Scott Free. What yeah. in the world? And then that brilliant moment yeah. when I realized, oh, he's going to have to live the rest of his life with yeah. it. Not just, just trying face. to imagine this dude living on Nantucket Island with a Nazi yep. symbol carved into his forehead is just like, and the idea that they don't is even better. Like it's this thing of like, no, we'll keep you alive. You you did facilitate, or, or or they think. I mean, it was going down anyway. Probably that's the thing. I, I do like that they show that that Hitler and them might have gotten out, but that they, uh, that, but that yeah. that the bastards were there to to, to stop them yeah. from exiting the uh, the balcony. Um, I liked it because otherwise it makes it feel like it was pointless to have all of them there or have them die. Um, but like I said, the idea that they contribute in in killing not just a bunch of Nazis, but killing all the main Nazis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, this, I don't know. It's, it's just this thing of like, yes, you contributed in that and that, and they don't know for sure because they didn't get, it's not like they got a hold of the, their two operatives still in inside right, the theater to, to know if it's out, going yeah. down or not. You're just assumed by the way that this guy is literally turning himself into the Americans that it must be legit. Yeah. Cause otherwise, why would he, if it doesn't happen, you know, he's not going to be living in Nantucket. Um, Which, Sorry, real quick. Going back to the rat metaphor, mm-hmm. it is interesting that he is the one who acts the most like the rat in the yeah. end, yeah. abandoning the ship when he sees the end coming. Yep. It's just so well done. It, um, well, the internal logic even, and stuff like that is just so well done in this film. It's it's such know. a great thing because that character too. I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you respect it, but I'm just saying what the the reputation he's built for himself is this man of you're like. This is a man that gets the job done. This is a man that he even says like early on, it's not about whatever. It's just you know, it's what I'm hired to do. He's like, you know, when he talks about Jews, he's like, you know, I, it's I, you don't know why you dislike him. So they do make it where it is a thing of like it's a personal thing, but he doesn't know why he specifically dislikes a Jew, but he does. But there's this thing of this this man. Everyone when they see him is just like all the Germans respect him. Like I mean, he's literally just worked his way up by the the way that he does his job, whatever role it is. And it's a despicable, horrible job, but he's the best at it. Well, and, to, and that t- touches on a, a thing that people, there's a writing thing that we know as audience members, for some reason, really love to see people that are really good at something, mm-hmm. AKA their job. You may be disgusted at it, but there's something fascinating about how good he is at yeah. it. 
Um, so like to have a bad guy that is that good and that respected by his peers mm-hmm. becomes such a scumbag, and he's already a scumbag. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like to to, to turn on his own people yeah. and do that somehow finds a way to make him even <laughs> <Yeah>. worse. <laughs> by that point. Like That's you true. despise him That's even true. more by that point. Because you're like, he's going to do all this, right. and he, 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 in his mind, like what he thinks is set up, he's A, he's outsmarted them, he's winning, he's well, caught them, he's doing whatever. Yeah, because he's turned on his people. At the theater also. Not only is he, you know, doing despicable things, but in the end, he doesn't even really have the conviction of what he's doing. Well, he doesn't. I mean, it's obvious. Like, this dude is a pure sociopath. Yeah. Um, he has no feelings. He for just likes, beings. yeah. When well, and when he says talks about how he was a detective, and it, it starts making sense. Like, oh, he doesn't even care about killing the Jews. No. He just wants to solve his little puzzles. Yeah, and find his, you know, play his detective game and be the best detective. That's, yep, that's it. And he doesn't care who dies nope. or if they die or whatever. Yeah, He's the worst. Uh, there's a thing <laughs> yeah. that I look for a lot of times in great movies with great characters. There's what I call a declaration statement. Um, that's not a writing term that I think is widely used. It's something that I've kind of come up with. It's where a character will do one thing and it perfectly encapsulates everything you need to know yeah. about that character. His character has that in this movie. It is when he talks about his title. Um, and he talks about the other guy who hates his title, yeah, and then how proud he is of his because he's worked so yet, hard to, to gain it. But yet, that's he's, everything you need to know the about thing, this though. dude. He says that. Then the scene later when they say, you know, like when he when he says, you know, their nicknames and stuff at the end, and they're sitting at that little table and they call him the Jew Hunter. He looks like repulsed by that name for a second. Like it's a weird. Yeah, that, that's a weird one. I don't know if he's playing the game there. Well, trying, is he, or is he's he, about to switch sides, or is or, he so manipulative that he's just using that in the first scene? He doesn't truly believing it, but he's using yeah, it to just knows? manipulate that very really farmer even that more. Yeah. I, don't I don't know, but it, it's something that's always felt a little weird to me because he seems so genuinely proud of it in yeah. the early scene, and then he seems repulsed by it when they call him that. In the maybe it's the context of where he's at that it's not something that he should be proud of in that table setting. I don't know. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. All right, uh, Eric. Do you have any other thoughts, good or bad, about this film? Um, the we've we've gone over it, so I'll just say the the two strongest things in this aside from. Well, it's just that's part of it. It's the it's the tension, the tension that is built <laughs> has multiple scenes that builds tension and, and more convincingly and more efficiently than maybe any other movie I've ever seen. I'm not sure about efficiently, but um, I'll, I'll, no, I would say the first time through, yes, uh, it, it, not efficiently, not efficiently. That word I take, I, I say efficiently because with. the I, I, and when I say efficient, I don't mean yes, I don't mean like time <laughs> use of time. What I mean okay. is. The balance of when he does it, yeah. when he when he chooses to ramp up to the, when he ratchets up one more notch, yeah. is laid out in a way that is not random by any means. I agree. Um, I would call that methodical. Yeah, not, it's not methodical. Efficient. It's an expert uh, use of. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just saying he he ramps it up to levels that I'm. Only few other movies have ever come close to have for having for me. This is up. I mean, even in that scene. Oh my gosh, going back to the Bongiorno scene, the scene with that her, scene oh. is intense. Yeah, 
when you realize that none of these guys are oh. capable of doing what they, oh, <laughs> what but it's perfectly capped off though. Yeah. He already has seen that that thing that says from her name from yeah. Bridget Von yeah, Hammer's mark. Much like, knows, yeah. like he's already seen it, and he kisses it too. Well, oh, like like thank you so for giving. And Jesus. the fact that he knows going in, yeah, and he plays the game with Brad Pitt, but he also plays the game with her. Yeah. Just shows you how much he likes to revel in his yep. little detective yes, to game. win. Yep. Yeah, it's about it. winning. It's not about. It's not even about winning. It's about savoring yeah, your yeah. victory. Well, because yep. yeah, you know, yeah. it, it actually by the end of the movie corrects something that the first time through I didn't like when I was watching the movie. Hmm. Um, so during that scene when he knows and you don't know that he's going to turn and he's going to try and flip and, and go to the yeah. uh, the American side and stuff. Um, when he is not, when he knows that they're there to to have a plot against high level Nazis, and he's supposed to be in charge of security, but is letting them in and letting them do their thing anyway, lets them go sit down in the theater. It's a thing where you just go, "How can someone so good at his job do something so bad? Like, like so something uh, so stupid? Yeah, so stupid, and it, it just for the point of let me revel in it." You're putting your your superiors, you know, that you're supposed to be in charge of of protecting, at risk just so that you can rub their noses in it, and and it becomes a thing when you're first watching it. If you're going, I want this to backfire on you. Yeah. I want them to get gain the upper hand somehow, even though you're completely in control and you know that you're in control. But it was a thing that it, with that character didn't strike true to me. Is I was like, this guy is so much about winning that I don't even know as much as he loves to revel in it. I don't know if he would do that in this scenario. Yeah. Um, but then by the end, when you get the reveal that he's willing to let them all die anyway, like mm-hmm. it, it, it makes perfect sense, but it, it was off putting to me the first time I watched it when he's toying with them. It I, felt disingenuous. I can't say as I, I remember, I think at that point I was stressed out about having to get to work. <laughs> yeah. So that's all you could think <laughs> of at that point. Uh, oh. but yeah, they, so the stress level, uh, that this movie gave me is, is, top five movies of all time i think for me yeah i would say um, that that's probably true for me the, too the humor is what you're talking about the uh the bongiorno like the the lead up to the jokes how long they would start a joke and not give the punchline to mm-hmm. is so far that and yet so satisfying when he says yeah uh you know i speak you know first best italian and he speaks oh. like second second italian. most best it- italian <laughs> it goes in uh, omar speaks third best he goes i don't speak italian like i said third he best third italian. Best. <laughs> so like you just keep your mouth shut yeah. why don't you start practicing now as funny as that joke is the idea that okay well it's not ideal but at least you know a couple of them can speak it when he's silent that whole time and then when he asks him and he says Bongiorno. Like, dude, we lost it in the theater. We lost yes, it. it. No doubt funny. about it. Uh, and then, grazie. And then, like, it literally says, like, all three things he says are just equally as horrible. Uh, it was Bongiorno. Was it? What, by the way, I, I lost track. A, a River Derchi. A River Derchi. <laughs> Not even a Riva uh, Derchi. It was a River Derchi. Uh, I lost track. Was the guy who said he was the least good at it? The was best. he the guy who yes. was the best? Okay. Yes. I, I thought so, but I didn't well, go back to check. they go through and he goes, say, again, and he's like, he keeps saying his name oh. over and over again. Oh, the way he laughs, too. But Whenever, it's so well done. The way he laughs, when she says mountain climbing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, What's so brilliant about that, though, is what we're talking about. It is equally funny and intense at yeah. the same Stressful. time. Yes, because the we know that, that, that we know information that our heroes don't know. Yeah. 
And so we're stressed out. As funny as it is, we are still yep. like, oh, it's you know, when I was younger, uh, there was a point when I was in a car on a country road where my friend was turning the lights off and going very fast. <laughs> I bet I knew that was. You probably yeah, do. Yeah. And all I could do was laugh, even though I was terrified out yeah. of my mind. That's what those scenes <laughs> yeah. are like. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yet they're still, they're funny on their own, even without that. Uh, that's yeah. All right, uh, guys, do we have anything else, uh, comments to say about this movie before we clo- uh, call it a day? Yes. Sure. Um, just something in the negative. Uh, oh, okay. Nick, sure. and I, Nick and I talked about it uh, right before, because I watched this movie right before, came, uh, before we started this podcast. Um, as much as I love this movie and it doesn't take it away from me, so much hinged the first time watching this movie on A, the tension, mm-hmm. and B, the humor, that unlike some other movies that have tense moments, by this point in my watching of Inglorious Bastards, this is probably my, I would say, my sixth or seventh time seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years since I've seen it, but I, I've seen this movie a lot. I don't, I, I've, I have zero tension in some of those scenes. All those scenes that I remember sweating in. Yeah. When, when um, you know, Colonel, um, I forgot his news name, every other moment, but Chris, Christoph Waltz, mm-hmm. um, his character is, I don't have the. I, I'm not worried in any of those scenes because I know what's coming after that. I know enough about the movie. The humor that's there isn't funny anymore. I know it's still funny. I know it's still a joke that makes Eric laugh, but it's just I've heard it enough times and it's been a part of my me repeating lines from the movie to my friends that there's so there's a lot lost from this movie that is not good upon repeated viewings. Well, it's not not good. But it's not the movie's fault. I'm yeah. just saying, I, I, that's why I still give it a five. I didn't drop well, the Well, it's a house of cards kind of scenario. That's, that's what this movie is. It it doesn't have intense scenes because characters are behind a wall and there's bad guys shooting at them. It's wordplay and stuff like that. And inherently, that's probably going to lose something upon a second viewing. It, it's, it was a sad day to me when I watched this movie and, and those scenes with Christoph Waltz were, didn't scare me, mm-hmm. like didn't make me nervous. I'm not sure they made me nervous. All I could do when I was watching it was be in awe at oh, yeah, how it was well a fabulous put together it is. Especially like, I'm a dude that just gets off on good writing. Well, and, and that, this that movie did has impress, like I said, so things like that when watching it again, and I had noticed that before, but I forget stuff like this. When he, when he, as someone who's tried to dabble in writing before, when he did that thing with the milk, where he ordered milk for her, that's brilliant. It didn't ranch yeah. up the to me. That's that one much. of the most brilliant writing touches but yes, this movie. It has. was like I literally wanted to start clapping in the middle of my living room by myself. Like Bravo! Like that is that's a impressive, uh, smart a, way to do that. Especially, yeah. I think because he doesn't know, um, and she gets away after that scene. Yep. It's it's. Well, he even says he's like, trick. I feel like there was something more important uh, I needed to talk about with you. Yeah, but, he's uh, definitely messing with the audience at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and actually, her her acting after he leaves that uh, table mm-hmm. where she's she finally like, lets yeah. herself freak out is yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. I love right. when he goes when she goes to eat the strudel and he stops her and makes her wait for the cream. Like, mm. it's this thing of like, at any moment, you have no control when you're in the room with this guy. He is so powerful in his position that aside from Hitler and, you know, you know, like, uh, I'm just saying like a couple people, like he's just literally, he's in charge when he's in a room yep. to the point of 
you're not even allowed to eat the strudel yet until the cream gets there because I think the cream is what you should have it with. Like, it's just, he's just such an imposing figure. He dominates this whole film. Um, and he won. Which is not what I expected. He won an Oscar for it. I mean, yeah, well, deservedly. Yeah. I think that if there's ever an Oscar-worthy performance, I mean, the dude just came out of nowhere and stole a movie starring Brad Pitt, you know? True. Uh, very impressive. All right, guys. Uh, unless anybody has anything else to say, I say we close the book on this one. Um, with that, it is Eric's pick for next week. What is going to be our movie for next week? Well, um, I almost didn't want to pick this one because Mikey tends to dislike movies like this. So, uh, Mikey, unless you don't want me to pick, I'm going to pick a romantic comedy unless you say something right now. Uh, Mikey? All right. I guess we're doing Can it. Can you put cricket sounds in there or something? Good job. Yeah, there it is. All right. Since Mikey doesn't object, uh, we're going to be watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. You know what? I think he likes that movie. Yeah, I just wanted to make the joke. Uh, gotcha. So. Okay. All right, guys. So, Forgetting Sarah Marshall for next week. And until then, cue it up. <laughs>